0: Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the DKM episode, uh, I believe this is episode 56, uh, thank you for joining us, uh, it's, it's going to be Daniel and I again uh, today, uh, Kenny still hasn't set up his uh, his computer so um, uh, he needs to do that first obviously, he, he missed playing games on his PC, he missed doing all that, uh, honestly I, I'm surprised he hasn't set up his PC first m- more like at all because sure consoles easy to set up but like I I prefer gaming on the PC anyways cuz the library I have on PC is <laughs> virtually endless compared to what I have on my PS5 but uh keep up in your in your in your thoughts uh send out love to to Kenny that you st- that you miss him but he, he'll be coming back uh anytime now.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to his return. Mhm.
0: So uh the obviously we're in the winter. Uh it's
1: all yeah, cold. It's fucking cold. Yeah, I th-
0: yeah. I think what was it? I think it was last week here in Florida, uh, Central Florida got caked in ice because of the storm, that, or was it earlier in the week? Um, can't quite remember, but uh, yeah, pretty sure it was earlier in the week where Orlando, uh, no one could really drive on the road because the day prior there was a storm, and... Then the next day, on the Monday, it was just super cold, and I think it reached the 20s. So obviously, we don't have snow tires, uh, and we don't really have vehicles out there to to clean out all the ice to salt the roads. So it was basically like for the majority of the morning, it was a you know a get out of work and school card type of thing. Uh,
1: but today's yeah, also, because no one would make it
0: yeah exactly it's dangerous uh conditions unless you're walking even even then it's still walking and still dangerous but it did, it did it didn't snow
1: um i never drove on the snow is it difficult assuming that the roads are like salted and stuff
0: well if you're driving uh in snowy conditions you need uh, obviously, with tr- you need traction, right? So um, yeah. our tires will hydroplane if you brake too hard w- during uh, rainy conditions, which means that um, you're sliding essentially because the fr- there is no friction because of the water.
1: Uh, uh, what was it? Yeah, because of the water. And yeah, because the oil is in the road, and then later all that water yeah. basically treats it as a lubricant.
0: Basically, so when it comes to snow and icy conditions, you need snow tires. Uh, something that gives you traction, even during the snow, because snow is even more slipperier than water. Who would have thought, right? So mm. that being said, you need special kind of uh, right uh, tires for that. So not only that, but I believe this is more of a public thing when it comes to like, main, main roads and stuff, uh, like highways and stuff, where it gets salted. Uh, what salt does is it, it helps eliminate the possibility of... A road getting iced up i'm sure that doesn't doesn't give you a 100 guarantee but it helps in some ways uh not every road gets it just any really main avenues of travel but when it comes to the um when it comes to snow itself you just gotta like it's almost like driving almost like in slippery mud you just can't really be accelerating at high speeds you can't be driving mm-hmm. at high speeds either because. If you do so, you'll lose traction and you'll lose control. I'm pretty sure a lot of people have seen videos or have experienced
1: a car pile up. Um Oh yeah, especially in those like hills and stuff like that. They bomb the hill and right. yeah, that's that's the nightmare scenario for me. I'm just like, man, if it ever comes to that, fuck it. Either I'm walking or I'm I'm just not gonna go because fuck that mess, man. The I will say when it comes to these videos that are
0: Uh, it's a snowstorm it's not like blizzard territory but it's um it's still like pretty heavy snow um uh where you can see like maybe 30 feet in front of you but no more uh obviously the icy conditions make it hard for the terrain to be you know car friendly but people are still driving at the speed limit and then then they see a car pile up and you hit the brakes there's not much you can do so you Hit the pile, so yep. Here in here here in Florida, uh, we get heavy storms, heavy rainstorms, and it's sort of similar. But idiots tend to put on their hazard lights, which is
1: it's really stupid. It's really really.
0: I I get why you would do that because you know more visibility, but that's not right because well, uh, uh, during Monday storm, (laughs) I uh no Sunday storm right Sunday's storm because it happened all throughout uh Florida. (laughs) <laughs> well, there was a lot of lot of jackasses on their uh, on their uh, on the highway with with their blinkers with their hazard lights on, and well, guess what? Um, one of them almost emerged into me because they wanted to make a right turn. I was in the lane. How would I know they want to make a right turn? I don't know. They have their mm-hmm. hazard lights on, so yeah, it's it, it's dangerous.
1: But I've been enjoying the cold weather so far. I'm not sure if you're if you're you keen know what for cold
0: weather, Daniel.
1: Uh, going back to what you're saying about idiots driving, like, you know what, I've actually experienced something recently, uh, a couple of days, actually the other day, um, when I was driving to work. Some jackass, because you know I work in the city, and a lot of you know there's a lot of Uber drivers or people that'll be like, "I'm gonna stop in the main road right now because I gotta drop off my homeboy here mm-hmm. in this uh, this building or something." And you know, you think, okay, I'm gonna put the hazard lights on so the people behind me or the people who are like pulling up uh, behind me are gonna know, like, okay, I gotta either get a change the other lane or slow down because this car ain't going anywhere. This fucking jackass put his right turn uh, signal on and he just. Part there and i'm confused I'm thinking, like what the fuck because i'm driving this dude's like a little bit in front of me and he's like turn he puts his lights on I'm, like okay so i pull back to let him do his little turn and then later uh 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 was i'm sorry i lost my train of thought uh he gets on the right lane and he just leaves the right blinker on and i'm like what the fuck are you what, what the fuck just put on your goddamn hazard lights at that point hmm. I, well i'm not saying
0: you know he was right or wrong uh, in his defense, I've been in a situation where I put on my hazard lights and, well, only one blinker comes on. Well, because my left or my right bl- uh, blinkers don't work. No, he eventually yeah.
1: turned on the, ha- the the hazard lights. Oh, okay. But he left the right blinker on for a minute. That's funny. That's Because really I was funny. just confused. Like, what the fuck is he doing? I will say... uh uh, this... But as far as like, how do I feel about the cold? Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it um, it was kind of cold this morning. In fact, actually, for rarely windy. do I ever put socks on when I'm like wearing sandals inside the house. But it's pretty cold in my room actually, and I actually have to put on socks uh because it's it's just my feet are cold. Yeah, that's very rare to happen here. The uh,
0: I I love the cold. I, I I've been outside all day uh in shorts and my running shoes because I just. I don't know. I don't get cold that easily, but it, it it's nice.
1: It's very definitely You were that cool kid in school that would come in with shorts on and no jacket and be like, "Oh, it's not that cold, guys." Well, my middle school I'm didn't old. allow shorts. Somehow, my, my elementary school did.
0: But yeah, I I was I was that one kid that enjoyed. Did you come with with the ice cream cone? <laughs> what was funny is I even rode bike to school. So like, uh, when it was it was cold, cold. It was a uh, it was quite fun because obviously wind is a thing. So. Mm. But, yeah, I, 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 I thoroughly enjoy the cold. Whenever I go to an ice skating rink, uh,
1: it I don't really put on a sweater. I, I haven't just, been to the ice skating rink since the last time you guys took me. And, like, God, I don't even remember. Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, yeah. I've,
0: well, with you, uh, I've gone recently, and I was just chilling with shorts and a shirt, to tell you the truth. Uh, I haven't fallen. I'm pretty sure if I fall that uh,
1: I'll get cold Yeah, you're going to scrape your knees.
0: A bit, but, like... I'll I'll take that risk. I'm just gonna scrape. Yeah, it, 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 I miss I rollerblading.
1: You're gonna know what? I miss rollerblading. That was fun. I
0: haven't gone rollerblading in such a while, but I feel like I it, it's not gonna be something like a big difference between ice skating and rollerblading. I just gotta learn relearn it because it's been yeah over decades. No,
1: my my memory of when we went to the ice skating ring, um. I remember we had to borrow the the, the the shoes and everything. I never skated in my life, so I tried like using my rollerblading experience and kind of translated to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, I remember that the reason why you definitely don't want to borrow those shoes, man. I remember that uh, you know when like you get like improper fitted shoes and they rub up against your skin so much. Yeah, you get dude, there was like a, yeah I had like a blister that was like big as a fucking grape, dude. It was so bad. <laughs> Uh, that's why whenever I go ice skating and I ask,
0: like I rent out a shoe, like I mean ice skating, or just skates, I always get a size mm-hmm. up, like then a size up half yeah. a size up, I should say, so um eleven and a half, so I just go twelves.
1: Shoe sizes are weird. I, I had to go get some dress shoes actually, and normally I'm I normally was an eleven, but then I went to a ten and a half, and then now I go back to a ten, and then I have to flip flop depending on which shoes I'm wearing. Oh that's, that's why it's not like that's weird, actually. Like one size fits. Yeah, it's weird. It's really weird. Like I c can, I can't uh an eleven would be too small for me on one pair of shoes, but on a different pair of shoes it'll be too uh big. Hmm, that's weird. I've always like eleven and a half has always been like constant with me. Uh
0: the only thing I don't have eleven and a half are my work boots because somehow they don't like they do ten, ten and a halves, eleven, and then from there they start doing whole numbers, no halves. I don't know why, but No I've Yeah. But I will say though, the um I, I really do enjoy the cold, uh, given that it's a nice break from the traditional heat that is that, that plagues Florida the entire time. Obviously every year we, we see we hear people say, like, Oh my gosh. Like here in Florida we hear people say, Look at the rest of the US. All nice and, and cold. Over here it's just like eighty degrees woe is us right and i'm like yeah, yeah. you see that every year you'd be much like how people say wow it got dark so fast after daylight saving times in the fall like yeah it's this is normal please stop putting it out it's yeah
1: obvious. If, if if you live in alaska that's like the norm you're just going to be in total darkness for 12 hours or longer actually no yeah probably all the, there
0: there are times where in the northern parts of canada alaska where or obviously there, there's a certain uh latitude where once it's the once it hits winter solstice, sometimes after, uh, you won't see sunlight for more than three hours, because obviously the rotation and the tilt of the Earth. So that'd be pretty sick. Just constantly getting uh, uh, used to the dark. Uh, obviously, you need to take some vitamin D tablets because
1: that's the one thing you'll be missing, because the sun is the best source for that. Uh, but I will. I feel s- like I'd be in my natural element, just being complete darkness for all that time true
0: but for some reason like your body knows that it's still like daytime hours but it's just yeah sun's not out
1: which is which that's a that's a good point though it's just like i was thinking about this the other day when i was watching like all those jail shows and stuff in jail do they have like a clock or they like provided like a time like an idea to know what time it is during the day well uh
0: from what you just said it it's only really telling me that you know like, not too much about the prison system, which is fine. I don't expect that they want to know a lot about it. But, like, there there are many times throughout the day where people do get allowed... Uh, they're allowed to be out and about and roam, um,
1: and there's only a certain amount of time. No, we're talking about, like, county jail. We're not talking about, like, Yeah, even prison. jail.
0: Even jail, people are allowed to walk around and do their thing. Because, like, there are windows in some of them, but, yeah, there's usually clocks. There's usually okay. clocks. Um, Mainly... Uh, but the inmates really... Like, you can't really force them to stay in these close conditions for too long because I'm pretty sure, like, I think the jails here that we have by our area, they do have windows and they do have courtyards, even though they're county jails, not prisons. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, I guess my the only – maybe because I'm just going off of, like, 60 days or something like that where it's, like – you know, Maybe in the television that they're lucky they have. Maybe there's like a little clock. Maybe like they're watching the news or something. Mm-hmm. But I figured that most of the time you wouldn't be know. I remember I just Googled this and someone on like uh, – uh, I forgot the website name. But basically someone said like, oh, the jails usually don't provide that because it's a form of punishment or this like that. And I'm like, is that technically true? Is that possible? In a way. Yeah, sure. Um, obviously, we all know about the solitary confinement type of
0: thing where you're yeah. not allowed to leave this area, which is kind of crazy how – the human mind works, and well, the brain works, as you say, and how it begins to crack when under these conditions. Um, I think Michael from Vsauce, yeah, he he did a seventy-two hour experiment where he stayed in a lit white room. while he was wearing a white shirt and white pants. He um, and he was supposed to be there yet for seventy-two hours. Everything else was like either neutral color or white, and he would like try to keep his mind active, try to keep it going. And uh, at the after the 24 hour mark, things started taking a little bit of like of a turn because your brain starts to like like almost like panic a little bit. And mm. there was a point where like he says that he will try his best to stay there for 72 hours, but if he can't take it anymore, he would just walk out. There was a point, I guess. Spoiler alert: um, that he does open up the door because he had access to open up the door at any time. The only reason why he opened up the door, but he didn't leave, was not because he wanted to leave. It's because he got so, like, his brain got so accustomed to the, to the white room that he, uh, he even started dreaming about the white room. Like his dreams were nothing but of that room. So one day he woke up and he thought he was in another dream. So he attempted to open the door, and well, it was. Real life, and because of that, he um he realized, oh wait, I'm not asleep, and he could seem to stay inside the the room for a couple more hours, and then boom, seventy two hours were done, and then he explained about his experience. But yeah, solitary confinement really, really um affects your psyche, really, really, uh, like at a a biological level, even because it's just stressful so people who are get thrown in there constantly for long periods yeah that's essentially torture mental torture because you just think oh you know locked in my room that sounds like heaven but like yeah you're locked in your room with your phone with your computer with your games like that's 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 different your brain can be you could be lo-
1: like go to a different world in those screens but you have four walls a bed and, like, maybe a sliver of a window.
0: Yeah. And also, like, no human interaction Like is also, like, a big thing. So uh, what people tend to do, like, to help mitigate their uh, – to satiate their, I guess, their uh, their thoughts Insanity. or whatever, right? They they would read, exercise. But that only goes so much if you're, like, stuck out a week in solitary confinement. It's kind of like – that's kind of, like, a little bit on the crueler side of punishments. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think I would do too well in solitary confinement after like five days, hundred percent. But but yeah, uh, I can only imagine what um what are the pros and cons on like being homeless versus being a uh, a prisoner at this point? (laughs) Because at least you know when it rains, you won't get wet because you'll be indoors, right? I don't know. True. Uh, Yeah. A lot of people don't want to be homeless. but they'd rather not
1: be in prison because of all the cons and stuff so yeah it's funny because there's actually people out there who prefer to be homeless than actually having like to do anything which speaking because maybe they're uh-huh no go ahead no, no i was just gonna say that like that's that there's actually a group of people out there that don't really care like they're fine of where they're at right now mm-hmm. that they don't really mind not having a house or anything like that which speaking of i've i'm
0: pretty sure you might know this you might know about this but like i've uh, when it comes to like homeless people but uh, I've dealt with a lot of homeless people uh, like I've, I've worked with programs that involve a lot of homeless people and a lot of them have like sure there are people who have addictions and they're in pro- poverty because of that and they're still battling their demons um, so people are genuinely like no money and they're just passing they're just living life but like in my experience uh, some of them a good amount of them have some sort of mental issues and mm-hmm. the rare ones are like they're happy to be homeless, which I've met like a handful of those people kind of people who are want to be homeless just to be homeless. Not because they hate working, not because they, you know, they don't want, they're lazy. They just want to be homeless. And I can respect that. I can respect that, that Sugma grind set. Forget the Sigma stuff. I love saying Sugma now. Um, <laughs> but a lot of people who are homeless have mental issues and people really think it's like oh they don't have money it's like nah, no <laughs> they they really
1: it's, don't mesh well with with social norms it's like that uh the thing about uh people saying that that guy in the interview says like everybody tells me like hey bum go get a job and like first of all i'm not a bum i'm a person and you know yeah. i'm trying to get a job like he's legitimately trying to go from living in the street to working at a job to get his life together but in that sort of situation you're kind of climbing up a ladder with without like the first steps and you right. have to like jump up to like barely grasp it you know what i'm saying that's true so it's a lose-lose situation at that point um but yeah it, it, it and you know what i think the sad part is that i was having a conversation you know you're talking about how like most of them have like mental issues that prevent them from like either getting the, the either getting help or something like that mm-hmm. i was talking about this with a co-worker of mine the other day i feel like it's heartbreaking to see like veterans resulting into homelessness right where it's like you fought and died you fought died suffered and got injured something out of it and then later for your country and now you're living in the same country that will even give you a warm place to eat or sleep you know what i'm saying right that's true um which speaking of i like the whole america phrasing of
0: like oh you're fighting for our freedoms you're fighting for our country like oh i'm pretty sure a majority like a majority of 90 percent of like over 90 percent of our troops aren't fighting they're just they're just doing the same old checks and balances type of thing. We're like, hey, we're just making sure uh commerce and free trade exists, right? So like a bunch of carriers like in, in the navy they they roam the waters and they allow free trade and commerce to happen because if not anyone with a with a boat and a gun can basically get on any trade any any cargo ship and just take it over and people lose a bunch of money. but like I've known plenty of friends that they've you know served in the in the armed forces and I'm not trying to be an edgelord here but like like even the ones that did fight overseas, they weren't really fighting for any freedoms. The freedoms were already fought for here in America. Years yeah, ago. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's it I, I get the saying
1: and I get the I get the messaging, but like it's not truly correct. But when I guess I guess the way I'm looking at it it's more like people who like actually face combat. You know, that's that's the one I'm more like referring to. Right. The, I get that. Know, you, no, I, I get
0: that, but like at the end of the day, like if you have to ask, like, if they weren't fighting, would you lose a freedom? No, probably not. Like, especially how big America is when it comes to military might like no one's invading America. So uh uh like they're fighting just to fight, and I won't get into the reasons why they're fighting and all that stuff, but things could get into like different discussions. But when it comes to like home like veterans who are homeless, obviously some of them do suffer from uh, mental illnesses. Uh, PTSD is one. Um, it, it's a hard thing to recover for those who actually did face combat. Another one definitely is, um, uh, not knowing what to do because the entire time they're in the, in the armed forces they just follow orders and they just do their things. And then when they come out, they really don't have any experience in their own hometown and they don't know how to get out. They don't know how to get out of the, uh, in the environment they're in. So they just end up being homeless. So yeah, being a homeless vet does suck because after like, uh, you've served your country, uh and you're treated in such a way where people are just like well sucks man but thanks for your service so yeah
1: yeah it, it, yeah i can't i can't imagine being a, a homeless veteran during the vietnam war and coming back and being called the baby killer for a war that really had nothing to do that you should never have been involved with in the first place true and like I can't imagine coming home to that. Like that was so depressing to me. Yeah, people.
0: This was a uh, very important that you that you the very important topic you highlighted because the 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 Vietnam War was the first war to be publicized. Because obviously World War One, World War Two, the Korean War. Which honestly, a lot of people, especially in the Americas, don't know what was the first war to follow World War Two. Like immediately after World War Two, it was the Korean War. That um, yeah. the America, um, the United States of America was involved with, um, but it wasn't until like all these wars before the Vietnam War, they weren't publicized whatsoever. Like there was no uh, publicized footage until way after the war was done. So when it comes, so you got to see like basically the filtered version of war, uh, to a certain degree. But when it came to um, the Vietnam War, this was the first war that people saw footage, basically like. Oh, In real time, like it was Yeah, live. relatively That's- real
1: time, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that's that's sort of like the culture the shift of that of that time period was that you got you know the counterculture in America and then you got all the footage being shown in real time you know it's not like super edited like if you go to like to the movie theaters back in the 40s during the World War two everybody' like hey folks today the British soldiers are taking on the tyranny and France right. da, 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 da. you know right. like it was edited to make it look like very you know like successful but like right. in the Vietnam War the a troops sense, too you know mean uh, exactly thise but yeah and the uh, citizens, but during too. the Vietnam War, they would show you in real time, like, all right, this dude just got his head blown off. Okay, that guy is stuck. Is got stuck. Okay, yeah, and then it's just like with the cameras, and there's a sense of set, like, um, what's what's the? I wouldn't say pessimism, but there's a sense of like, everybody kind of knows, like, hey, you know, this is a fucked situation, but we're gonna kind of make the best out of it. But in war, there's no best. Out of any situation, right? Like, whether right. you're not, you're laughing with your bros, you just realize that hey, we're we're gonna die, or we're probably gonna get killed, um, left, right, and center in a war that we probably shouldn't even be involved with. And then we're all going to have to pay, bail out eventually, you know? Right.
0: So that was the, like, and I wanted to bring that up. Obviously,
1: there is no good side to war. It's all bad. And obviously, yeah, yeah they did see the... You I mean, you've seen Full Metal Jacket. You saw that movie, right? You saw how, like, all the all the soldiers are like, you know, you, you have a guy who's calmly sitting in a helicopter shooting at innocent uh, farmers as if it was a joke and yeah. nothing, like... And the one guy was obviously sick by it. He's like almost wanting to vomit. And then later you get to them landing into one of the bases and they're like, hey, take a picture with this guy. I mean, he's my good buddy and it's a fucking corpse, you know, like, and then there's that shot where they're playing the bird is the word. And it's just this guy with a camera having to f- follow these guys, and they're making jokes about it. They're like, hey, let's make a John Wayne movie. Well, who will be the Native Americans? Oh, the Vietnamese will be the Native uh, the Native Americans. Like, shit like that, you know? Which, obviously... You had, um, you had, like, all the graffiti that people would draw on the helmet. It was clearly a cultural thing, you know? Right.
0: Of Obviously, um, I'm not saying everyone was free of sin. Obviously, people in the Vietnam War, and anywhere, really, they were, like, not not peaceful whatsoever they definitely let the power get to their heads and they they did some messed up stuff which honestly like i'm pretty sure that happened in world war one world war two any war prior to that like even i'm pretty sure are uh, the war of independence was the same way because like guess what people when they have power they will like uh, their true characters will come out uh a corrupt character will also come out because you give anyone a lot of power and they're not being checked properly guess what they're going to do some mess of stuff, and that's what we saw the footage of in Vietnam. And that's when when soldiers came back. Even people who were just mess hall cooks, they were being lashed at. They didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the Vietnam War was a very, very, um, very uh, big. Yeah, big I got I,
1: I gotta, I gotta rewatch uh, Forrest Gump again. Uh, but anyways, in some lighter news, actually, uh, <laughs> before we get back to the darkness, uh, how have you been, Marcos? Any so far? How's uh, this new year been doing for you, man? i uh, been chilling, been healthier,
0: a lot healthier, uh, only mm-hmm. during the weekdays, though. On The weekends, that's when I usually like
1: eat wings and other stuff where like I have a little bit more comfort food without. You know what, Marcos? Right. You know what, Marcos? There's They finally opened up a wing stop near my house. We should go eat there sometime because I've always wanted to try wing stop. Uh.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know the only Wingstop uh, near your place is, like, prior to the one being built. Um, that one mm-hmm. was rather far. It's closer to me, but, like, to you, it's a little bit more further. But, yeah, Wingstop is good. It's, I recommend it.
1: Yeah. I, I've always wanted to try Wingstop, uh, and, and now that's officially open, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go eat. I'm going to take you guys out, and let's go eat here one day. Um but, yeah, uh, so, well, you know, I asked earlier, like, how, how this new year's doing. Um, My new year so far, this year has been pretty good, actually. Um, As you guys know, for about, God, as long as I've been doing this podcast, I've been complaining that I've been working the whole overnight shift. Mm-hmm. And uh, I might be getting a new job soon, guys. Nice. And it's going to be great. It's not only going to be better pay, closer to my house. Um, better hours. I'm going to get Friday's. I'm, yeah better hours actually um i'm gonna get fridays and saturdays off again i get to leave work on sunday uh early so but i do have to come in earlier though but fuck it dude i get to get out on the sunday at two o'clock in the afternoon and i still can enjoy my day you know so it's gonna be weekdays
0: except sundays that or weekdays? no it's
1: i'm gonna i'm gonna be working from sunday to thursday and then oh, friday and saturday i'm off
0: i see i see i see, see. okay understand, understand
1: yeah, so the way how they explained to me is that like, well, you know, we normally make you work from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., but on on Sundays we want to let people leave early, so you come in at 6 a.m. and then you leave at 2 p.m., which mm-hmm. is great for me because I can still go to the Tyler concert if I uh, get this new job. Nothing's set in stone yet, but I'm I'm fairly confident I'm gonna get this new job on uh, by Tuesday. I should know for sure. And man, I'm I'm fucking stoked. I am so goddamn excited. I haven't been this excited to get a new job in forever. Especially, like, going from – like, this is the first time I'm excited to get a new job as I'm working still at a job, you know? Because, you know, I think when when you have a job already, you're kind of a little bit more laid back and you don't put as much effort to find another job because at that point you're like, oh, if they don't got me, I still got – I already got something that's bringing in the bread, right, you know? Right, of course. But this is something I've been wanting. It's like checking off everything in the, in the checklist that I want. And I'm so goddamn excited, dude.
0: Uh I'm not sure what you're going into. I guess we could get this on like a more private chat, yeah, obviously. Yeah.
1: But like, uh, is there room for like growth in your position?
0: Yes. Okay. Good. All right.
1: Yes. They they, they told me that flat out. Like, you're going to be in tier one, and then eventually you'll get up to tier two. And what's kind of caught me off guard. Like, this is the first time I ever actually had this asked me in the interview before. Uh, the guy who was interviewing me said, uh. What do you think about moving? And I'm thinking, like, well, sir, I live like 20 minutes away from here. I don't think I need to move. He's like, no, no, no. I mean, like, move around the country. Yeah. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, well, the good thing is in this company that if you get hired, you know, if you want, if we want to give you a promotion, we could let you move anywhere in the country and yeah. you could pretty much, uh, work work in that company and somewhere else and i'm like holy shit like i never actually had that that question i remember just being so caught off guard by that where i was i just love my response was just like well sorry, i live 20 minutes from here i don't think i need to move and he's like no no yeah i yeah. mean like anywhere in the states son and i was like oh shit uh yeah i guess uh, i'd be down for that right. fuck you want to hook me up and li- make me live in denver i'll fucking move to denver um, i always wanted to see that spooky ass international airport though it's not that bad no, but you know what I'm talking yeah, about, yeah, right? I know what you're talking about, but with the demon fucking horse and the goddamn painting mural mural and shit. Mm-hmm. You you know what the painting mural I'm talking yeah, about, yeah, right? Yeah, I've seen pictures. Oh my god, dude, that thing I remember like I I got into for some reason I wrote a paper about that goddamn airport. And it's not even like I believe in most of that crap, but dude, I remember one time for shits and giggles, I put that mural uh, the one with like the, the 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 army guy and then like you know on the left side that's where all the kids are on the side yeah. and the army guy's dead so you can interpret it as that like oh he was evil and now he's slain and now there's world peace or you can interpret the other way around where it's like there was world peace and now there's evil which that's what yeah. makes it so fucking terrifying dude i remember one time it scared the shit out of me i put that mural as my wallpaper my computer just so i could like focus on like doing it uh doing the paperwork paper for for that uh classwork assignment right and i I remember I turned on that computer one day and I saw that mural pop up in front of me and something shook me in my fucking core that scared the fuck out of me, dude. Something about that image just coming up on my computer screen just made me feel so, like, freaked out about it, you know? Mm, God, it was. okay. <laughs> That's so weird. Dude, no, it's just, you know what I think it is, dude? You know what I've been really fascinated with lately, dude? What? Have you heard of analog horror? Yeah. Yeah, I've been. Oh my god, I've been on that for a while. It's it's so. Dude, fun. I I love it, dude. I I finally got into the. Uh, uh, well, for the audience who don't know what analog horror is, uh, Marcus, do you want to give an explanation? You're probably better at this than me. Because uh, you've probably been.
0: Well, when we're talking, well, here's the thing though, and this is just me being mm-hmm. like, I guess, what's the word? The stickler.
1: Yeah, stickler for it. I guess there's like different
0: mm-hmm. eras of it. Uh,
1: yeah, let's clarify. It's not found footage. We're not. We're right. not talking about found footage movies. The, there is some bleed over it, but it's not exactly the same thing.
0: Right. And the only reason why I like analog horror, other than the aesthetic reasons, I just like mm-hmm. it because it's mostly either grayscale or like very very. Uh, what's the word? Opaque colors, like very like that's analog color. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Rare, so. For anyone who doesn't know, uh, I, I think the name is based off like VHS tapes type of stuff. So obviously we have digital yes. media where everything is either digitally downloaded or even DVDs, right? But VHS are, well, analog. And analog was just an old school way of recording stuff. And it's it, it was more physical. Um, analog horror is just basically... It, 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 yeah. It, the reason why I wanted to point out eras and genres is because found footage is that where you find the lost footage you find something lost uh, a lot of video games take place like that's like hey i found this game let me go play it like sonic uh oh Son- the
1: spooky pastas. the right. sonic.exe right right
0: so creepy pastas do fall under into some form of analog footage but uh i mean analog horror but analog horror is just basically a horror that represents a otherworldly creature in the form of like a tape a VHS tape or something but then Mm. this tape manifests itself into the world the only analog tape I mean analog horror that a lot of people understand because it's it, it, it got popular in the mainstream is stuff like the grudge or the ring because that technically is analog horror you see a VHS tape you see something and then the demon that curses that that footage is now onto you. Um, Then there's also the whole skinwalker thing where you're in the forest, you see a video of a forest, and then
1: there's skinwalkers walking around. But yeah.
0: um, Yeah.
1: But in this case, we're talking more about, like, the internet style of analog horror. Right. Like, I I get where Marcus is coming from because it's just, like, the idea of the ring and, you know, the Blair Witch Project was that this was a found videotape that's meant to be fuzzy and fuckery and things like that. And there's, like, that sense of, like, you know because it's an analog format you could kind of tell that it's more susceptible to get like fucked with more often mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah. like a good example was like one night I, uh, the other night i was driving to work and i was feeling nostalgic and i put on that you know that song that plays in the end of the shining you know midnight yeah. Min- midnight with the stars and you and shit there's something about that song when it's like not as clean as it sounds and everything sounds so like old and worn the fuck out it's just something that kind of sense of like dread you know what i'm saying yeah especially so, you uh, put the whole uh a, a lot of people the have- song in the context especially yeah. with the fact that they got that shot of jack nicholson in that fucking painting and i you know i always like it when whenever i watch that movie people people are like wait what does that mean does that mean that he went back in time is that mean that he's stuck in the hotel and that's what made it so fucking spooky because it was a song that played during the new year's party and that Jack had no reason to be in, but he's still in the fucking painting. I will you say know, though. In the picture. With a
0: lot of these like great movies of the eighties, nineties, seventies, like, okay, Silence of the Lambs, for me, as well as uh like like I I get why it was popular. I just don't think it's like the best movie out there that's it with The Godfather, the same thing with The Shining. Like, I narratively speaking, I'm just like, okay, it's all right. Aesthetically yeah. though, that's that's something different, right? The Shining. Oh yeah, yeah. The Shining aesthetics, like I and the the choreography and the like, everything about it is is great. Like I I liked the visuals, I like the music, I like the everything. One thing I've always loved about the Souls series is like, hey, you hear no music until you fight a boss. Everything else mm-hmm. is just silence, except the sound of your feet and the enemies lunging at you in your attacks. Um, so one thing I liked about the Shining was just just it's just a simple, it looks like a documentary, typical, basic, boring documentary, and then out of nowhere, there's an artistic shift, and everything, it's like, like, narratively, it doesn't make any damn sense to me, I don't care, but, like, choreography it is like mm, it is you know
1: what i i think to add on to that it's like the fact that in dark souls you know you could literally go from one area to another like literally step over an area and it's like miyazaki put a completely different color filter in it especially if we go like to blight town and then from blight town you go to uh lost isolith and things like that it's like he's literally swapping the filters in real time like there's a point where you open up the door when you're in the fucking sewers on the uh undead berg and then you're going to blighttown literally when you open up that door and take two steps forward a completely different color filter is over the screen.
0: 100% agree. But you, you, at least a lot of people understand where I'm coming from with this. Like, I, I, I really mm-hmm. don't think The Godfather is, like, the best films out there. Especially the, f- oh, the yeah. first uh, one's obviously
1: the better one. But, like, when it comes to, like... Well, I, I've always heard that the second one was considered, like, the best of the trilogy. But, yeah, the first one is definitely considered, like, a ha- all-time classic. Right. Uh, but the nar- third one is... Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. What were you saying? I'm just saying, narratively
0: speaking, like... I don't really care. I'd rather watch Goodfellas or any other Mafia movie. Uh, or, yeah, I don't blame because you. Because the narrative there is a lot more human. But uh, but The Godfather does... You know, I
1: think the way... I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. Uh, I guess it's sort of the same way. Like, there's people... Like, my film teacher, for example, we were talking about how, like, we first saw Raging Bull for the first time, right? Okay. And Raging Bull... You've seen Raging Bull, right? Uh, only clips. I've never seen the whole thing. Really? Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay, it's been, admittedly though, it's been since high school, I've seen it, but I still vividly remember it. I remember asking him, like, well, what's the di- what would you say the difference is between Rocky and Raging Bull? Rocky is a movie about achieving a goal and testing yourself to go above what most people would think you could do. Raging Bull is admitting that you're a piece of shit of a person, right? but you're going to try to make the best out of it. And eventually, like, the main character, I forgot how, uh, how it ends, but I remember that, like, the main character eventually gets fat, he gets arrested because he had sex with a girl or something and it turns out to be a minor or something like that. It's been years ago. But it's more of, like, not a movie where, like, all right, the main character's going to, you know, do a 180. He's going to get, you know, he's going to do the right thing. Like, no, nah, the dude's a piece of shit. He's just, like, living with it, you know?
0: At least that's the human aspect of it because, obviously... Exactly. It's more human. Obviously, the Rocky right? one's supposed to be more of, like a, like, a hero type of film where you're, like, a,
1: The underdog, yeah. Yeah,
0: underdog becoming, like, this big champion and stuff. Like, that, that. That's that's typical. But I will say, though, that when it comes to, like these old classic movies it's more of an art to me uh more than anything N- some of them do the narrative part well as, uh but like when it comes to the actual like just choreography and everything it's just it's classic it's it it's timeless it's just it's it's nice
1: mm-hmm. um i think what it is too is that the godfather was sort of like a big deal because it was one of the first like crime family movies that was like you know, really legit, and it has, like, a more of, like, a historical aspect to it. Mm. I'm not saying that it automatically translates into an untouchable film, but it is something that, that people... I, I admit, I've only seen The Godfather, thing like, once or twice in my lifetime, but I will admit that it is definitely a longer burn of a movie. I think as, like, the older we get, I think we're a little bit more pushed back against, like, super long films, unless it's a superhero film for some reason. Like, remember when... Um, the Irishman was coming out, and, like, people were complaining on Netflix. They're so like, oh, it's too long. It's too long. Well, I figured out a way how to watch it, like a TV show. And I'm like, I guess, but it's a film. Like, it's meant to be watched all is, in one.
0: Is The Irishman that one? I, I, I think I might know which one you're talking about. Was that? It's the one of the Scorsese. It's the Scorsese film. Uh, we, I, that doesn't help me out, actually. So uh, is that the one where, like, a lot of these people view it, like, almost like Fight Club-esque? Uh, you know um... what I'm talking about? Where, like it's like there's like it came this- out
1: in 2019 where robert de niro and al pacino and joe pesci
0: oh uh, okay okay okay. never mind i know what you're talking about yeah I, I haven't seen it
1: but i have seen uh is it wait is it a netflix film or is it yeah it is a netflix film right yeah it was okay it was i, I was i was thinking that like oh, eventually netflix is going to get rid of this movie for some reason or like a bunch of other netflix originals quote unquote right um i will say though
0: i guess maybe we can put this into more of a perspective for you and I can definitely disagree on because obviously you view this differently than I do. Um when it comes mm-hmm. to like Evangelion, right? Like artistically, okay. I love the art style of the of that era because it's, it it it's it, it's just a generational thing, right? If you grew up with that stuff, you have a more of a of a love for it, right? Um uh, I love the the art, I love everything about it, but when it comes to the narrative, obviously the narrative in and of itself is kind of like not the most uh like it's a bit confusing. Like if you first watch it, obviously it takes time for you like a, like truly break it down. But like when I watch Evangelion, I mostly just hit it for the, the 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 narrative stuff. Not I mean not, not the narrative stuff, but like more of the aesthetics. Same thing with mm-hmm. um what's this thing? This movie called Akira, right? Akira was like I I mostly like the the whole future the future vibes the the, the, the cyberpunk vibes right the yeah. the narrative isn't really the reason why you go for it but like the fights are there the the chase scenes the everything the atmosphere that's cool but like the narrative isn't the strong point like w-
1: w- we have to admit yeah it. you're not you're actually not that wrong. That's actually what my opinion of Akira is in a nutshell. Like, whenever people talk about, like, how good Akira is and, like, how groundbreaking it was for, like, a, for an anime and especially at that time with that kind of budget and this, this, and that and all this effort into it, I 100% agree. I cannot agree with the narrative because I think everybody agrees with me that for what we have and, God forbid, if you only watch the English dub because it's only going to make it more fucking confusing, Yeah, it's really not that, how would I say groundbreaking i wouldn't say like it's it's a storytelling narrative phenomenal but from an animation standpoint that's what dr- glues me into the screen like that's what makes me want to watch Akira cuz when i watch Akira i want to see cool fucking setting cool fucking animation and just you know see shit blow the fuck up you yeah, know as far as like like the narrative and what the, the themes and things like that look it, the way i look at it this was a movie that is based off of a four book a manga that wasn't even finished yet and they kind of have to piece it together before the film was even out yet mm-hmm. now i've always heard rumblings and rumors that they're gonna make like an akira tv show that's supposed to be like you know the the one-to-one from the manga translation but from what i've understood that either because the budget is way too goddamn expensive which i don't blame you this is like one of the most expensive movies ever made right um to get a TV show, obviously the first thing people are going to say, like, well, the animation doesn't look as good. Well, yeah, this show probably has, like, one-tenth of the budget, so can you really blame them?
0: Yeah, this is the same people who complain about, like, uh, uh, when a TV show comes out because it's based off the movies. Is like, it's not the same. It's like, yeah, of course, Kung Fu Panda TV show is not going to be the same as the movies, dude. It- it- it's different. Oh, it's,
1: like when you, it's like when you watch, uh, like, the Disney uh, sequels. Uh, what do you mean Disney? Oh, right, right, right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah like, I see what you mean. It, I think what bothered me the most is that handful of them actually did get like theatrical releases and not just straight to DVD. So I think like at that point, if you're gonna p- bother putting it on, uh, on, uh, on theaters, you would assume that they would put just a little bit more effort in the animation. But that's why like I think only a handful of the Disney sequels actually got released in theaters. I know the Peter Pan one did, and I. Th- think aladdin did like with the return of jafar but let's be honest the so return of jafar was basically a pilot for the aladdin tv show
0: i was not even aware of that uh but now i know here's one thing i will say about like some movies that like sure the like the narrative isn't really all that like i guess it's not all there but you need to like piece it together you need to like get really really into it and uh have you seen the new matrix film
1: not yet. Okay. I, to be honest, though, dude, I've seen the first Matrix movie like four or five times in my lifetime. I've yet to see a single sequel from it. Well, <laughs> I, well, I, I'm not going to spoil anything, right? Uh,
0: but I, I kind of want to watch it, kind of again. I didn't watch it through um, official means, uh, if you get the hint. So, yeah. Uh, the so that's why I want to watch it again, but like obviously on the big screen. So, one thing that the movie's great. I won't spoil anything. But when it comes to narrative, like if it gets you thinking, if it gets you like, like, holy crap, like this is this is good. Like one thing I liked about the Joker is like obviously the music, the score was 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 decent. I really, really liked it. The 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 movement, the pacing was good. There, I felt like there were some plot holes here and there, Um, but the ending could be up to interpretation was everything in his head at the end was everything uh like actual real like everything did happen like it's it's, wait wait,
1: we're talking about the joker right right,
0: But i'm I'm transitioning over to the to the matrix where um the first basically the first third or the first half of the movie like it really 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 made an amazing groundbreaking philosophical move into a movie where you're like damn this is interesting. This is a very interesting point that was just pointed out uh by the by the, by the obviously by the um, the characters in the movie. Everything after that point is just like uh you had an amazing plot here, a plot device and, and you just discarded it just for fight scenes. So the new Matrix film, I liked it not the whole thing because everything else became like a generic fight scene almost almost like a show in showden type of thing, but like it like the movie itself at the very beginning you're like this is this plot is amazing this plot is like wow and then it goes on from there so like yeah that's, that's all i have to yeah. say for those who haven't watched it and i'm sure those who have watched it uh leave your comments down below if you if you know what i'm talking about because like like if you really really look into the narrative yeah it, it's nice it's interesting and then generic stuff i don't know what happened i really really wish. Really, really wish they kept this this momentum going with the philosophical side of the things, which not a lot of movies uh, in
1: and. Uh, it, well, I haven't seen any of the sequels, and I've always been told that, like, by Matrix Reloaded, they kind of dropped the whole, like, philosophical conversation that the first movie was having. Because, like, that was sort of, like, the thing that most people kind of overlooked about the first movie was that there was a little bit more of a discussion piece about it. Right. Like, what is our reality? How do you interpret reality? Da-da-da-da-da. You know, things like that. Right. And everyone always told me, like, yeah, by, like, Matrix Reloaded, they kind of just, like, said, fuck that noise. And then, you know, um, well, they brought uh, it back uh, the Morpheus wanted the that.
0: One. In the last one, they brought back all the
1: philosophies and stuff. With the but, architect, but like, was it? But did they do it well? Though is the question. Well,
0: um, yes, and not as good as the first one, but they it, it made you question the trilogy as a whole.
1: They made an attempt, at least.
0: No, no, no. Well, is that an attempt? Like, how? Like when they go into the deep, deep questions, like what is actually reality? How do you define it? Yada, yada, yada. Right. Uh, the third one doesn't go into that hard of philosophical terms. It goes harder in in the. It goes in its own way, uh, basically saying how. Do you know what you're doing is right, like like things that really really question their motives, and then at the end, the architect says, "Um, well, this isn't really a spoiler, but uh the whole movie, even since the beginning of the first film, uh the Oracle even saysNeo no, no, the second movie, I think, or the first movie, I can't remember where the Oracle, the black lady says, "You're not the one, the one is my son, and you're not my son." And people just assumed she was wrong or something, but no. Then in the third movie, the architect, the the one where we get those TVs, like a room full of TV screens, um, yeah, which is a another big staple in, in cinema history. Uh, he says, "You're not the one. You're actually a virus. The one is the one that you've been fighting the whole time. The the dude in the suit. Oh yeah. So the the twist. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So like things like that. You're like, oh, well, damn. So uh, things like really like. Took a turn with the the third movie because like people started questioning like reality itself. So like the architect says, look, one hundred people get put into the matrix, and about ninety five percent of people are happy with the matrix. Um, the other five percent want to live in some sort of agony. Uh, the matrix first started off with uh, the original like matrix like the, the the design started off with you being in paradise. The thing is, humans rejected it they didn't want paradise they wanted conflict and what was that conflict what we're living now our day-to-day lives nine-to-five jobs or whatever jobs going out to eat going out to find food doing whatever right basic mundane things playing video games like humans preferred that over paradise and that's what the robots found out the robots found out that humans the majority of humans rejected paradise and they preferred a basic mundane lifestyle but then in that small little freaking um in, in that big group of people, there was a small few who wanted to rebel, uh, who did not want it and wanted conflict. So in the third Matrix movie, that's what he said. He brought out I was like, isn't that interesting? Even though you got exactly what you wanted, what you desired, which was paradise, you still rejected it. So like, uh, it was interesting. And even at the end, it said like, you're still in Matrix. Even if you get out of this Matrix, you're three layers in. Once you break out of this matrix, you're, you're going to be two layers in. You got to break the other two layers, dude. So yeah, it was it was nice. I like it when philosophy gets thrown into movies, and it it, it takes time or maybe a YouTube video for you to find out, like, hey, uh, like what is the real like narrative plot of the movie? But and like, hey, what's
1: up, guys? My name is Pepper, and I'm going to go ahead and do a film analysis mm-hmm. video. We're going to talk about that, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, and I get. Um, I'm glad
0: these channels exist so people can like really understand like the true narratives of the movie, and then when they rewatch it, they can appreciate it more you
1: know what i mean very true very true uh for better for worse i think like that movie you know when going back to like the shining that uh room 237 247 whatever the fuck that was that was a documentary that i think i would have liked a little bit more if it was better done because some of the fucking theories that these guys make are beyond ridiculous like Okay, the whole moon landing thing. I'm okay with that one. I'm okay with some of these things, but some of them is like, did you know if you watched the movie frame by frame at exactly this moment, you would see Stanley Kubrick's face painted on the clouds? And it's like, I, yeah, I, I don't really this is, see it there. I guess people That's just a bit of a reach there. Chief. They're just
0: fishing for content at this, that point. It seems like yeah, but I, I do like it when like was like, hey. Like, I I remember
1: this one part of the documentary, I got so fucking annoyed, it's like, there's a kid crying in the background, and like, the guys are talking about like, so, yeah, as we get to this clip, and the guy literally goes, excuse me one second. I'm sorry, did you hear my kid? I'm sorry, Let let me go take care of it. (laughs) and that's in the runtime, and i'm I'm, like looking around like what the fuck Why? why did you just cut this shit out what are you doing
0: (laughs) it's part of the whole conspiracy man it was
1: god it was so aggravating but you know what's funny we went into this whole tangent and we like forgot that we were talking about like analog horror earlier and uh i was gonna say like the one i got into recently actually this morning and man i gotta stop watching spooky shit when i'm about to go to sleep because then i'll just be like hmm what if what if these things that I'm watching might go after you me? You see, eventually? that's the problem that people have.
0: I'm not afraid of the dark. I'm scared of what's in the dark. I'm like, dog, just like you lived your whole life, the darkness existed, and it's only now that you're afraid of the dark because you started thinking about what.
1: It's not that I'm afraid of the dark. It's just that, like, okay, so the one that I saw recently was the Mandela Catalog. Okay, did you watch that one? No, I heard. I heard about it. It's really good. It, it's, it's fucking terrifying. And here's what I noticed about Analog Horror that I think I figured out, like, an internal fear that I have. I think I have a fear of really weird, obscure faces. Like, really over-exaggerated, like, human faces. The like, just face. getting...
0: Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah
1: kind of like that like you don't know, like Jerma's face you know that meme and shit yeah. you know how like people take it to like um, to like to the umpteenth level and you get that weird feeling like this is some like uncanny valley bullshit it's kind of like that we're talking
0: about the the charlie kirk meme where every time a new meme of his comes out like people make fun of him or something they make his face smaller no we're not talking about that type of thing we're just talking about like obscured dysmorphed kind of face that still resembles a human but it's like yeah, yeah,
1: like you know how like when the titans were first shown off and attack on titan people oh, I thought they were really, you know, things like that but it like that's a titan, you know, that's meant to be like okay, but what if someone's at like a human size than you? Like imagine you saw like someone with a really disformed face like right a, like right a, like across the street from you and they're looking right at you, you know? I see what you mean. Um, yeah, yeah. That puts a Like th- that kind that puts a little poop
0: like a little poop turd coming out of my butthole type of feeling, like yeah,
1: I'm gonna feel like man, my my pocket sure got a lot more heavier all of a sudden. <laughs> I will say I, I know what you're talking about. Like uh, uh, what's
0: that? What's that one famous like web horror comic? Um, it, it almost looks like a like a like a Korean manga type of thing, but it's like
1: oh, the one with the gr- what they add the sound effect of the of the, the, lady, the screen automatic yeah, the
0: lady looking at you and stuff.
1: Oh my god, that was so fucking terrifying! Where, like you're That's just got
0: me. some dude was at a, like using his telescope or something, and then um. How, how does it go? Let me let me try to remember. Some dude was just looking out of his balcony. I think he had a telescope or something, and he was just looking around the neighborhood. And then he saw some rustling happening in, in an apartment building like across the street. And then he uh, uh, he was looking at this one that one room, and then he realizes that someone died and someone was just just got killed but then the person who did the killing immediately just locked eyes to him and then basically started running after him uh like jumped like did unhumanly things and then uh their eyes was uh was all black that's what so he started running away he thought he managed to get clear and then when he uh you see the sidewalk, the lady's there. And, uh, yeah, it's – yeah. I I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about, though, when yeah. it comes to that.
1: I think and, – and, and going more into, like, the analog thing. And, yeah, with the Mandela catalog, it's just, just kind of, like, really – like creepy thing about like body doubles and like how there's like a copy of you that will kill you and you can't kill them. You can't engage with them because the, there's no way in hell there could be two copies of you and stuff. And yeah. like your clone is like this disfigured fucking God, I'm getting chills just thinking about it. Cause that's just a scary thought that like right down that door, there could be a person who looks exactly like me with big ass bug eyes, big teeth and things like that. And he's just like, can't kill me. But if I open my eyes, he's going to be there. And the only way I could get rid of it is if I kill myself, essentially. Like, that's actually what the protocol is to do if you encounter one of these people. Um, another f- form of analog horror that I really like a lot, uh, you know, we, you know, I, I mentioned, I tweeted about this earlier where I said, like, I'm really happy that the Five Nights at Freddy's franchise is kind of back on the mainstream. I don't know if you noticed about this, Marcos, but, like, Five Nights at Freddy's memes are kind of back in stock. And, yeah, yeah. You know, people are, but everyone kept are talking saying about this
0: franchise. Gregory.
1: <laughs> yeah, the, you know, my fastballs are out I yeah. love the yeah. uh, uh, Gregory. Uh,
0: how, how, did, how did Lamar's rant go? But instead of that, it was just, it was just the, 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 the fight, uh, the Freddy saying is like Glamrock Freddy, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know like maybe we
1: didn't get that yee ass haircut, yeah. Gregory, <laughs> Gregory. might get Roxanne's bitch. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, Gregory, I need you to go into Roxanne's r- room to get her OnlyFans. <laughs> yeah, I, I need, it. I mean, we needed to get you out of the Pizzaplex. <laughs> I will say, though, uh, yeah, I'm
0: happy for the, the creator, too. Because, like, obviously, five, that's a Freddy's.
1: Well, he's not retired. He's, right. not, he's not.
0: Right. But even then, like, the man made, an indie developer made mad money for that. And that's what Yeah, we're it's kind
1: of crazy that that was like his last shot in the dark for like success as a game developer. Cuz the guy had like a massive catalog of games that just never took dude, off. All the more but... reason
0: why uh content creation is very very important to any industry really because one you get advertisements, right? So like uh, you live stream mm-hmm. a game and you know that gets attention to your game. And then two like like I mean you look 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 at Among Us, dude. Look look how that Among game us. pops off. But like This dude's um, game really, really popped off when Matt Pat from Game Theory covered it. And he's like, dude, this game is nice. Uh, uh, And and the the game is, on the surface, basic. It's whatever. It's fine. You just got to be fast reflexes. You got to memorize certain things, and that's fine. But when you do things in a certain order, the real narrative shows up and you gotta start digging things and then that's when people start getting interested in games like this. Oh they were getting a lot more interested in games like that where it's like, hey, it's just a basic game at the at the at the surface, but the narrative goes so much deeper. The iceberg that's what's been getting a lot of popular recently. Uh
1: the, the iceberg Oh of iceberg this. explained videos. Yeah. yeah, I love those. So, love, love so, um, I could binge watch all of those, all those easily, right?
0: Because like you, you, like there's so much information that you don't know because you're not into it. Like the same thing could be done. The first for, one like,
1: that really kind of took off that made it sort of like a genre though was actually the Super Mario 64. Iceberg. Yeah,
0: yeah, and well, especially when like it, if only you know like how deep that game goes and like everything went into it. So yeah, that, that's yeah. Every true.
1: copy of Mario 64 is personalized, like wet dry world, uh, mental exhaustion thing. And, right. You know, it's one of those things where it's just like. Is it man? Like yeah. Even as a kid, I always saw Wet Dry World look kind of weird to me. Like, cause we let's be honest though, when we all played Mario sixty four, and we all saw that sunken city. We all were curious, like, what the fuck is up with this city? Right. Like, this is, like, way too look like a, a human structure lived here. Who the fuck lived here? This is some, like, Dark Souls-ass exploring an, an abandoned fucking part of the map kind of bullshit. You know what I'm saying?
0: Right, but that's, like, you wanted to look deeper into things that aren't really there sometimes. But that's why I liked uh, the Five Nights at Freddy's, like, thing. Like, obviously, it was it was cringy because, you know, children find a way to make things cringy. period. Right? So, like uh, like, Undertale... Had a narrative, but it had a deeper narrative outside of like the main game. But it wasn't like too too deep. Uh, It was there if you found it. But um, like yeah. So like, like I'm glad Matt Pat exists uh, because he made Five Nights at Freddy' much more popular than what would have already like were were uh, in the world where he didn't cover
1: it. It wouldn't be as popular. I would I would argue more that it was actually Markiplier that really kind of true because to be fair though like what most people always forget is they're like oh my god matt pet does all these game theories about finance affairs well yeah no fucking shit it's like telling someone like hey that successful thing you're doing with your business fucking stop that Mm -hmm. because I don't like that. Yeah. I don't like that. What the fuck? That's fucking stupid. That's not how this works, genius. Um, secondly, it was because he didn't initially wanted to do a Five Nights at Freddy's video. Originally, he made a poll, which I always bring this up. He was asked, do you want a Five Nights at Freddy's video or do you want a Slenderman video? And people voted for Five Nights at Freddy's. And, oh, look at that. Now he gets paid to talk about it. Right. But
0: uh, I, wanted, I wanted to make that clear when it comes to like the, the market player thing. I agree with you. Uh, but what I mean by uh, MatPat I'm not saying that he made the game blow up it's just that genre mm-hmm. of like there's a deeper meaning in, in the game itself that you yeah like you that that you're missing marker player 100 he was a lot like matpat but matpat wasn't was in his own field because obviously he does well, game theory stuff where he dives deep deep into every little thing he does and which is cool marker player takes his casual approach and obviously he gets deep into it we all know the whole was this the bite of 87 meme that marker player had yeah. right yeah no i, I completely 100 percent agree with you i just i just feel like matpat had a more of a Hey, like, hey, you guys should really check out this game because, narratively speaking, you're you guys are missing out. Because
1: I think what it's just really funny though is that when you do watch that old MapPat video about like the first Five Nights at Freddy's theory, a lot of people might find it in poor taste because like how he connected it to like an actual real murder. But in my defense, though, it was the first game. Yeah, like. Right like the thing is about like the story and the lore of Five Nights at Freddy's I feel like that up to three it was pretty much clear cut yeah. right you had the first game that set the groundwork like okay now we want to make it in 1987 so we got Five Nights at Freddy's 2 we know who the killer is da 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 okay now we got the third game and we find out what happened to the killer the killer died da 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 I think when the fourth game came out and they tried to explain more shit and it just confused everybody a lot more it became more of an aggravating piece of the of the lore puzzle you know what I'm saying and then they we got sister location and then i think by five nights at freddy six if you couldn't finish it with three if it finished at six lore wise i would have been more than complete we got everything for the most part answered and we already got like a form of closure for everybody that got involved in the story but you know we kept going and then we got security breach with if you want my honest opinion of security breach you know as much as i like aspects of it i don't find it at all as a horror game yeah it's a change of the formula
0: yeah i I agree with you
1: it's not just it's a change of the formula it's just not scary because the environments are way too bright everything's too goddamn lit up like you know you could easily make walking around in a mall really fucking terrifying but when everything is so bright and lights are on and color like dude have you ever like walked around in a mall when you're all by yourself and you get that un easy feeling that there's someone always watching you or something like that like that could have (laughs) worked i've
0: never had that feeling i'm a weirdo i'm sorry
1: no I get you I understand but like I think that if you like did the game like that instead I think it would have been a little bit better you know it's just kind of crazy you hear like all these people that really hate the new security breach and like I think it's actually the lowest rated Five Nights at Freddy's game um, as far as Metacritic score and I've heard some really crazy shit like even people within the community are saying like this is like the worst fucking game and it's gonna make me stop getting into the franchise I just only hope that my only thing I'm only asking for for post-security breach is that if they're going to keep on the Five Nights at Freddy's thing, they got to keep it, like, either its own continuity and not acknowledge, like, the other games at that point. Because I, I think that's the only way you're really going to, like, make this franchise keep going. True. Um, but, yeah, sorry. I didn't want to get into that tangent about Five Nights at Freddy's and the lore. So uh, I just want to go ahead and finish up wrapping up my, my other two favorite uh, analog horror films, you know, uh, show or it, online YouTube stuff. Um, I, I like this one a lot called, uh, scrimmis I think her, the person's name was, um, he made, uh, or, uh, they made a, um, a, uh, uh VHS series called Five Nights of Freddy's VHS, and dude, like, if you actually want to get, like, actual spooky shit, like, maybe you're not a fan of the gameplay loop, but you actually want to get that kind of uneasiness in the Five Nights of Freddy's, uh, um, um, Lore, right. or not lore. i would say more like the uh, setting and stuff i recommend you look into the five nights of freddy's vhs series like that person knows how to get like the the horror of five nights of freddy's but in a vhs analog format and it makes it really on un- like really uncomfortable you know what i'm saying and another one that i like that's similar to five nights of freddy's is the walton files similar concept dead people get put into animatronics but the fact that there's so many ways of uh forms of media like at one minute it's a cartoon then another minute it's an informational video and then another minute it's like a first person thing and then there's live action it it makes it like really good and what i also like about it is that the way how you have to like interpret the lore and figure out like what exactly uh is going on and why is happening you know what i'm saying like i love that kind of shit you know
0: yeah, I get that. And one thing I've always did enjoy about certain YouTube channels is that they'll take certain like uh, non copyrighted music, and they'll set up pictures in the right order. They'll read things in the right way. They'll set everything up where it, it does feel a bit more um, like the atmosphere there is more relatable, more like you can dive into it uh, instead of just yeah. someone just reading off a script, saying like, "Hey, this is what happened, yada yada yada." Right? You're like, you'll get the narrative, but you won't feel it doesn't feel real it just feels like it's a,
1: it's uh-huh. kind of like when like when you go watch play the like sonic.exe game and it's like they're playing like recognizable video game music it's going to kind of take you out of the of the story or the experience cuz all the things like why am i hearing earthbound music in the sonic horror game right right and that's
0: that's something that could break your immersion if you know about you know like where some some music's come from i will say though like uh, coming around from this whole analog thing like a good amount of the pastas and analog st- horror that I like is basically like SCP because that obviously blew up in its yeah. whole thing and I really 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 enjoy SCPs and certain like like horror scenarios like w- there are very 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 few um, uh, SCPs that everyone like just knows about uh, when it comes to just dealing with SCPs where there's over 4,000 SCP entries but like only like 30 of them are like truly truly like the big ones one of them that will always be my favorite is just just thinking about the scenario like obviously i'll be dead in the scenario but if i was lucky enough to not be dead in the scenario how would i go about it i'm not sure uh the one is it's zero zero one when daylight breaks when the sun just out of nowhere turns on and if you're if you get hit by any form of sunlight you start melting into this goop of of flesh and you become like your your goop of flesh becomes sentient and uh sentient and um other groups of flesh start merging together and you just basically become like almost like a hive mind. The thing is you like this hive mind retains your memories. Um so like uh let's just say, I don't know, Daniel, like uh you're at your house, you're locked up, you know you can't touch the sun, but then I end up going to your house saying, Hey Daniel, it's me, Marcos, dude, I'm your boy. You should come outside, dude. Everyone's here. Like I know it looks bad. I know it looks bad. But like it's not. We're all together. We're all enjoying the glory of the sun. The sun is like happy for us right and i won't sound like how I'm now i'm starting to sound like a little bit more gurgly a little bit more like 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 wet the way i speak but like it's not me it's just my memories yeah. being used to to get you out type of thing and if peaceful ways doesn't work well they're gonna break break everything down and, and force you out so
1: yeah it's um it, it's it's one of my favorite things in horror where it's just like i hear my mom and the door she's calling my name but that can't be my mom because she died a week ago so why do I hear her voice? You know, things like that. Right.
0: And I'm so glad I, when it comes to memes, I, I love all the Skinwalker memes which sort of fit into uh, this whole thing that we've been talking about today. Uh, Skinwalker memes about like people impersonating with the Mandela effect as well. Um, Skinwalkers like being beasts that can mimic voice and mimic uh, the shape of people.
1: But like, there's an SCP that does that, though, isn't it? Like the, the one that's in the basement? The voice. The li-
0: yes, and that's a Keter class. But that's the voice one. It doesn't transform to people
1: you know. But it r- No, no, I know. It's, it's a monster. But that's kind of spooky shit that's like when you're playing the game, it's just like, uh, D-Class, come over here. And it's like you think it's a natural person, but now it's a fucking monster. Yeah.
0: Uh, and they'll mimic anything. They'll be like, uh, they'll even mimic the sounds of like someone screaming for help, or even the baby crying. Like, like these. And, and they're also hive mind esque. And if you read into the SCP sen- entries of, of that one SCP, it is scarier. It's very, very, very scary. Like even if even one of them escapes, it's essentially another world almost. So yeah, and it's it's very very spooky. But that's why I love SCP. SCP is like it, it just has a world of its own things, and there are different YouTube channels that do know how to make the scp universe feel a lot more fuller they like connecting things and even having their own fan theories in there it's nice it's nice but yeah
1: yeah, it's, it's really cool. But, uh, yeah, let's go to wrap-up. We actually are over an hour here. So uh, thank you so much for watching and listening to the DKM Podcast. As you guys know, you can watch us on YouTube. If you haven't yet, go ahead and subscribe or join our, even our Discord server. We would love to have you on as our community. Uh, you could also listen to us on Spotify, Google Podcast, and Anchor. We're still working on getting it on iTunes. Um, and we're just going to go ahead and wrap this up real quick because I actually got to go let my cat out. Um, you guys have a good one. Stay safe. And uh, remember... Uh, stay safe out there you guys have a good one take care bye-bye